What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 222 of your favorite podcast, The Gordai Podcast. I'm Rosh Justin Mahaling. Today, I'm going to talk to you about coffee and sleep. How does caffeine affect your sleep? I think you guys are going to love today's episode. As always, Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Share with us and check out our YouTube drops. Make sure to subscribe and watch us over there. I'll see you inside. All right, guys, it feels awesome to be back. So um, I, I, I don't post a bunch of personal stuff on uh, social media and whatnot. Um, I'm not really sure why. I think uh, I used to, like when I was coming up in the industry and whatnot, I used to like post a lot more personal life stuff. Um, and I guess along the way, there were times it just got weaponized against me. And so I just kind of stray away from all of it now. But um, I moved from my house back downtown Austin. Uh, I was like, love being in downtown Austin. My soul just like feels rejuvenated there every single morning. But I gave up the podcast studio um, and, and uh, you know, with this jump, with this move. And so like my entire life got so much better, uh, but I didn't have anywhere to do the podcast. Well, um, I was chatting with a friend about, you know, what I'm going to do to bring it back and whatnot. And I explored the idea of setting up a podcast studio in my um, apartment and honestly, I, since I moved, a big rule that I've abided by is no working um, from my apartment. My home is my home. That's for me. That's for Peyton, for Athena, for my friends. But that that's my place of solace. So I didn't want to bring the podcast back in there. I found a really cool studio right up the road um, that they, like, they do this and they have this whole setup. Um, so we're going to be back on YouTube, which I'm super excited about because when we used to post Grow or Die on YouTube, uh, it didn't do very well. And that's why it went away. And then we stopped posting it, and that's when it blew up. <laughs> and now the YouTube does pretty well. Uh, so I'm super excited to be back with you guys. And I'm coming back in with a podcast talking about coffee and sleep. And I want to preface this by saying, whenever I talk about coffee, people get so worked up and they get their panties in a bunch. Look, I love coffee. I use coffee as a tool every single day. My job... And the responsibility I take is to just educate people on what we're doing and understanding that the tools that we use throughout the day, um, there's everything works in a bell curve, right? It's a theory of hormesis. Too little isn't going to do anything. Too much is going to do a lot. But there's that set point right in the middle where it's like, that's a perfect place for us to be. So with coffee, where's this going to be? Well, it's more about the caffeine uh, than the coffee itself. Um, so this is energy drinks, this is all that stuff. To be honest, not a huge fan of energy drinks, which is why I'm exploring into making my own wink, wink, hint, hint. That's a God Pod exclusive. No one else is going to know about that. But it's going to be happening really, really soon. And me and Brandon are actually teaming up on it. And it's going to be cool. It's, it's actually going to be different from other energy drinks. That being said, we need to understand that with whatever we're using, the poison is in the dose rather than the drug itself. Um, just like I said, with the theory of hormesis, no matter what you're doing, you can do, uh, you can rip a line of freaking cocaine and I'm not recommending you do that, but you could do that. And well, there's a point that it's too little for you to feel anything. There's a point that it's way too much. And there's going to be a point that it's just right. That's just how these things work. You can ingest cyanide and there's going to be a dose that's just not going to kill you. It's not going to be very much. I'm not even sure you can dose it that small, but the poison is in the dose rather than the drug. If we 
are able to find our sweet spot. And I want you to just think of that bell curve. If we're able to find somewhere in that middle of the bell curve where, uh, you know, we're at our peak um, benefit without too much negative from our dosage, then that's where we want to maintain. But we have to understand the theory of adaptation. Anything that we bring into the body, the body is going to constantly adapt to, especially if it's something that's an external variable. Obviously, your body doesn't make caffeine itself, so that's not a that's not a bioidentical compound whatsoever. So it's going to adapt to it over time. So if you've never drank coffee before, you have one cup a day, um, you know, for a week, it's going to be about 50 to 70 milligrams of caffeine in that cup. Well, after, you know, a week, maybe 10 days, you're going to notice that, man, you know what, this just doesn't feel the same way that it did uh, the first time I took, uh, the first time I had this, first time I took the dosage. So you're going to bump up and they're going to have two cups of coffee a day. And this is where we all go. And now all of a sudden we're slamming an energy drink, pre-workout and coffee throughout the day, 600 milligrams of caffeine. And one thing I want you guys to understand that's super, super, super important with stimulant usage we can affect what I'm about to say in a positive and a negative way. Your heart only has so many beats in a whole lifespan. You can pull some away. You can add some to the end based off how healthy you are. But the reality is you have a finite amount of beats. If we're constantly stemmed out with Adderall, with caffeine, with uh, pre-workouts, with whatever we're doing... We're speeding up that process. We're speeding up our timeline. I don't say it's a scary. I say it's just because it's a physiological fact that your heart is only going to beat so many times in your lifetime. So keep that in mind with everything that we do because you're slamming 600 milligrams of caffeine and you know for six hours your heart rate is up over 130 beats per minute. We're not even working out. That's intense. That's a lot of sympathetic drive that we're getting from that. And we're pushing ourselves into a state to not be able to get into relaxation, into parasympathetic. Now it's affecting everything that we do. So let's talk about how caffeine works. It works, um, well, one channel is through dopamine. And dopamine is our reward chemical. It's also very much an alerting neurochemical as well. So caffeine has a role in increasing the dopamine, but its principal mechanism of action is through adenosine receptors. What is adenosine? So adenosine builds up in our brains from the time we wake up in the morning. And the longer we're awake, there's more and more adenosine that accumulates. Where's it coming from? How does it accumulate? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked me. The adenosine that we're talking about is creating sleep pressure in our brains. Sleep pressure is a fascinating theory that was brought about in uh, 1982. I can't remember the doctor's name. It's on my head. I didn't put it in my notes, and I really dropped the ball on that one. But in, in, in the early 1980s, he brought about this theory that when you wake up, Everything you do throughout the day is generating a certain amount of sleep pressure. And throughout the day, we can either set ourselves up for a good night's sleep based on the actions that we take, or we can do the opposite and set ourselves up for restless nights of sleep, for insomnia, for anxiousness during the night, X, Y, Z, whatever, right? Well, soon I'm going to be dropping a huge sleep podcast as well. I'm really trying to get uh, this world-renowned doctor, his name is Matthew Walker, uh, to come on the podcast. It's very difficult to match our schedules right now. But 
Uh, adenosine is created in neurons, and sleep pressure is basically what accumulates into the sleepy feeling we get as the day prolongs, and it gets closer and closer to our bedtime. So there's two main receptors uh, that we want to talk about here. It's the A1 receptor, A2 receptor. Pretty straightforward, easy to remember. But they have different modes of activation in our brain cells, or they can also inactivate and decrease their likelihood of firing. And adenosine just works in this really elegant way where it'll inhibit and shut down the wake-promoting areas of the brain while also promoting the sleep-promoting areas of the brain. So adenosine can be this two-fold factor that it can really increase your sleep pressure very quickly as it compiles throughout the day as you do things. things like exercise contribute to it, um, getting melatonin from sun into your eyes. So when we're outside, we don't always want to wear sunglasses. We want to have times where the sun is able to get into our eyes so we can generate and create melatonin. Um, but the longer we're awake, the more our sleepy is active and the less our wakefulness is active. So it's like if you get up at 6.30 a.m., well, by 7 a.m., you know, if you ran the first 30 minutes of your morning correctly, 7 a.m., you're going to feel much more alert, focused, energized, ready to conquer the day than you are at 7 p.m., at least, again, if you run your day correctly, right? Caffeine comes into play here because it attaches to the adenosine receptors, and it doesn't activate them. It competes with them, and it essentially hijacks a receptor and blocks it from working while caffeine is active in your body. So while you are under the uh, dosage of caffeine, it's going to force your brain to essentially not know how long you've been awake. And the adenosine isn't communicating that you've been awake for the time you have. Well, what happens when the caffeine wears off? That's where we get the caffeine crash. And the caffeine crash is when the caffeine just dislodges from these receptors. Adenosine rushes back in and turns back on. And it's like, oh, shit, I was gone for five or six hours. I need to make up for this. And now you get this huge crash down. But this is a problem with having caffeine late in the day. Say it's like 9.30 p.m. I want to keep working. I'm grinding. I'm getting shit done, right? We have a cup of coffee. The above effects start to happen. Your brain forgets how long you've been awake. So it alleviates the sleep pressure for the time being. Well, what do you mean? This is awesome. This is what I want. I want to get work done. I don't want to sleep. Well, after a few hours, caffeine starts coming out of your system. Not only am I hit with the same levels of adenosine that I had before the coffee several hours ago, but all of that adenosine that didn't get activated while the caffeine was active in your body is now coming in and crashing your receptors, and now you just feel dead. You just feel like a zombie. So what about the person who wants to drink caffeine all day long, and they're fine with the crash? Well, we all have that one person, right? It's like, I can have espresso after dinner and I can fall asleep just fine. And this is going to be the person that's extremely overstimulated and they're going to have trouble staying asleep, getting into REM sleep, which is where a restorative sleep happens. Um, and th this is the person that is going to have the adrenals that are just completely overtaxed and stimulated. And they have to keep stimulating, stimulating, stimulating in order to stay awake and have any level of productivity. But the reality is, and this is something I want to talk about in that sleep podcast, is if we're not, we, we, when we don't get adequate sleep, we have what's called sleep debt. And sleep debt can't really just like be made up. Like 
if you go out Friday, Saturday night and you get four hours of sleep because you were out so long. Well, and then, you know, on Sunday into Monday, you get 12 hours of sleep that, 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 that doesn't make up for what we missed physiologically, sure, you know, we can feel fine, we can go train, we can get a good pump, we can get a good session, we can recover, we can build muscles, whatnot, sure, whatever. But from a cognitive neurological standpoint, we are not going to be able to make up that lost ground. And I yesterday I was building out um, one of the sleep portions of my mentorship, um, which is fucking awesome. You guys... You guys better be ready for this uh, this mentorship drop. It is an unbelievable build out we have right now with all my mentees. Everything's done via email, um, and I'm sending documents. I'm sending videos. I'm sending all information there. It's all about to be housed, and you can go, you know, at your own pace. You what we're building. You can take notes. We have transcripts of every video that you guys are going to be able to go in, have access to, and and be able to read while I'm talking and explaining things. So you guys are going to have ability to chat with me about questions and whatnot. You have, dude. It is so cool. But anyways, yesterday I'm building out this sleep part, and I came across this study. It is estimated that. Over 90% of the Forbes 500, top 500 companies in the world, 90% of them, or I'm sorry, of the Forbes um, multi-billion dollar companies are losing over a billion dollars a year in revenue due to employees not having adequate sleep. That's how detrimental that it is because you're constantly working, you're grinding, and then you're not working, you're not grinding, you want to celebrate and party and all that stuff. I'm not saying don't celebrate, don't party. I'm not saying don't work. I'm saying we need to find a happy place where we don't get into sleep debt. So my rules of caffeine use, number one, take your bedtime and count back eight to 10 hours. And that's where we should cease caffeine usage for the day. So if you go to bed at 10, don't have it after 2 p.m. Three cups of coffee daily gives you around 200 milligrams per day. This is a pretty responsible threshold, but when you're in a contest prep setting deep in a fat loss phase, 200 milligrams just might not get it done. Somehow, eight days out from my next competition, I'm getting it done on less than 200 milligrams a day, and I have no clue how, but I'm assuming peak week it might pick up a little bit. And for restorative sleep, we can best help ourselves by keeping sleep, wake, and caffeine intake set day over day. So every single day, we do the exact same things at the exact same time. I hope this helps.